Welcome to the Lady Chapel. Oh, God, make speed to save us. Oh, Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. In your great compassion, blot out my offenses. Wash me through and through from my wickedness, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. And so you are justified when you speak, and upright in your judgment. Indeed. I have been wicked from my birth, a sinner from my mother's womb. For behold, you look for truth deep within me and will make me understand wisdom secretly. Purge me from my sin and I shall be pure. Wash me and I shall be clean indeed. Make me hear of joy and gladness that the body you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Give me the joy of your saving help again, and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. I shall teach your ways to the wicked, and sinners shall return to you. Deliver me from death, O God. And my tongue shall sing of your righteousness, O God of my salvation. Open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Had you desired it, I would have offered sacrifice, but you take no delight in burnt offerings. A reading from the book of Joel. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. 
Their like has never been from old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the ages, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, Where is their God? Here ends the reading. Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You hate nothing that you have created. As we begin our journey of reflection, 
working to pattern our lives more closely after your spirit. Grant us courage to let the silence in. As we sit with our shame, our vices, and all our little ways of hiding and forgetting, give us grace to receive the truth that you could not possibly love us any more than you already do, so that we may begin again, restored by your undying love, to bring about your kingdom here on earth. Amen. We come to Lent with a sense of our need to repent, to turn to something new. On Ash Wednesday, we receive ashes to remind us that we are dust, and unto dust we shall return. We repent of our sins, but we don't repent of being mortal, of being mortal beings made from dust who will one day be dust again. Our repentance is not from being mortal and material, because being material is not a sin. After all, God became and becomes material, in flesh and blood and bread and in wine. The reminder of our mortality is a reminder of what we are aiming at when we begin this work of repentance, being properly human. We repent of our sins, but what exactly is it that we are doing when we sin? Sin is not just breaking a rule. Sin is missing the mark, missing the mark of being who God intends us to be. Sin is not doing the will of God in the sense of not letting ourselves be who God has made us to be. So we sin not in the sense of rule-breaking, but in the sense of not being our whole selves. Sin is being less yourself, covering over who you might really be. Sin is not being human. This is why it does no good to tell someone God has made them one way, their gender, their sexuality, their ability, or whatever, but that that part of them is to be purged away to prevent them from being who they are. Sin is that holding back. So we repent of the holding back. Sin is the refusal to face up to reality and to live from that reality, the reality of ourselves and of God. In the opening of his poem, Ash Wednesday, T.S. Eliot names this place of repentance. Because I do not hope to turn again, because I do not hope, because I do not hope to turn, desiring this man's gift and that man's scope, I no longer strive to strive towards such things. Why should the aged eagle stretch its wings? Why should I mourn the vanished power of the usual rain? Why should Eliot or anyone attempt to be someone else in some other time? There is something sinful in someone who has grown old, and can only dwell upon and want to be young. Something sinful in the person that just can't move on from some golden time in their life, in their imagination. The person who decades later can't just stop talking about high school. Why should the aged eagle stretch its wings as if it was newborn? Why should we desire the vision or the scope of some other person. 
The dust and the ash remind us of who we are, mortal, fragile, material beings alive in this time and place. It is here and now that we are called to exist with God and with each other. We aren't called to be some ethereal, immortal, disembodied self, but to be who God wills us to be here and now. All of the liturgical machinery, the great liturgical apparatus we engage during Lent, is here because none of that is actually easy. God knows it's hard to break through, to break through to who you're supposed to be. Don't you envy or desire what others have? Don't you think that you could be just a little bit different, change some tiny little core thing about yourself, and your life would open up and be easy? Don't you wish to cast off the burden of care for someone, for one another? And then things would be easy. All of those, common as they are, all of those thoughts are temptations. Temptations away from responding to God's will here and now. Desiring someone else's vision, someone else's scope. All of those are temptations to be someone other than who God is making you to be. And so we repent. Our task in Lent, the task ahead of us, is to find our peace in God's will here and now. To desire only our own scope and vision. So when we repent, we repent of whatever stands between us and God's love of this world the love we too are here to deliver. I've tried to mask with pain. Well, I'm through 